0: Hello and welcome to the Video Game Sequel Cast. The Video Game Sequel Cast is a podcast that looks at video game franchises. This time around, we were looking at the core Mario games that were, um... The early ones, you know, the ones released on the Nintendo Entertainment System that have Mario in the title. And we're going to start off with talk of an arcade game, Mario Brothers, and then move on to Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, oh, both no spoilers. The Japanese and American versions, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Dr. Mario. Uh, I'm Matt. Uh, you just heard Thrasher right there.
1: Warning you against spoilers.
0: And we might be getting a guest later on in the show, but we'll just have to wait and listen and see. It depends if he uh, pops on Skype or not. So, there you go.
1: <laughs> now the sausage is made.
0: One Link at a time. Oh, wait, that's another franchise. We're talking on Mario here, not Link. Okay. <laughs> now, I, I
1: believe you'll find that those um, games, the main character is called Zelda. That's the name of the title, thank you.
0: No, Zelda's the name of the princess.
1: Who would name a princess Zelda?
0: Named after Zelda Fitzgerald. <laughs> I'm not joking.
1: Well, all right. Top the
0: wife of F. Scott Fitzgerald. So, um, meanwhile, what I'm talking about is, what we're talking about here, is the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, before we jump right into that, visit our website at sequelcast.com, and if you like what you hear, please consider donating at sequelcast.com slash donate to donate via PayPal.
1: Don't make us beg.
0: Nope. Please, uh, I want some more. Uh, And visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash SequelCast. So here in Video Game SequelCast, we're talking about Mario, like I said. So the first, like, just the early Mario years, I guess we can call this. I don't know. Mainly the Nintendo stuff. But we do want to start with, like, the first Mario game proper, where both the Mario Brothers were in it, is Mario Brothers, which is an arcade game released by Nintendo in 1983. And uh, this was later, of course, became a port for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, did you ever play this game much, Thrasher?
1: I'm pretty sure I did. This is this is the one... Because uh, di- didn't this one also go by the name uh, Mario Cement Factory?
0: No, that's, an, that's a different game, but that one doesn't have Luigi. And we're talking really? about the Mario uh, Brothers games, you know, the early ones. So that's why we're starting with Mario Brothers proper.
1: Well, I have well, I have played this one though. Where you're, you're you're running around. There's the platforms. There's that pow block in the middle.
0: Yes, and, yes, um, I
1: have played that. I rented it, uh, you know, back when we had uh, uh, our original Nintendo system. And i i remember I remember playing it and going and, and and thinking, I'm glad this one came out before Super Mario Brothers. Because if this came out after Super Mario Brothers, I would be vastly disappointed in the game's designers.
0: Mario Brothers is most fun to play with two people simultaneously. Oh yeah. I think that I was do. something that was pretty unusual for the time at 83, especially this has, you know, a kind of platforming element, you're leaping on on platforms, you can kind of screw the other player over. If you hit the PAL block at the bottom, everyone kind of either freezes or the enemies flip over and you can kick them or you can punch them from the block below and kick them. You know, those that's an introduction of early Mario mechanics, and you have the uh, the turtles. I don't think they were. I don't know if they were called Koopas in this game or not. Um, and I like that the North American arcade flyer just has the tagline: "Mario Brothers Battle the Pests. Two Players Make It Easier."
1: <laughs> that's that's some good English right there.
0: Yeah. Um, so you know, they're even though they're plumbers, they're more like uh, exterminators. And Mario, in fact, was. Uh, a, uh, was he a Bugman or something? And Was it Mario the Bugman in Donkey Kong 3, but that's another franchise we'll talk about some other time. Because, <laughs> you know, Mario got his start, and uh, he wasn't called Mario, I think, until later, but he was called Jumpman in the original Donkey Kong, and he was the bad guy in Donkey Kong Jr. And, um, yeah, so. But Mario He's a Brothers. a long and
1: varied career.
0: Yes, but we're focusing on the games, you know, featuring the Mario Brothers, the early years on the Nintendo primarily. But, yeah, this arcade game, I didn't. I played it in the arcade, but I didn't remember it. I played this a lot as it was a special uh, co-op mode. It was a remake of this game in Super Mario Brothers Three on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Really? Yes. They was had that a hidden? special. It's that? not hidden. It's in the the main menu. It's some different two-player mode in there.
1: I don't think I ever played that.
0: Oh, I play it that all is... the time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. It's a neat little uh, Easter egg, so to speak. Um. So, yeah, Mario Brothers, it's a simple game. There's not much to talk about. You get pipes, you get fireballs, you get, um, you know, a lot of the color scheme is similar to what you see in Super Mario Brothers. But it's almost more of like a, um, a puzzle game, really, I guess. I don't, not puzzle, what am I trying to say?
1: It's, it's, it's an early, it's an early first generation platformer.
0: Yeah. And in fact, you know, they've done remade versions of this game, even, and the Virtual Boy had a game called Mario Clash that was a 3D version. And those wonderful Virtual Boy red and black graphics.
1: (laughs) Um, We we are going to have to do an episode about consoles that didn't make it.
0: Oh, certainly down the line, yeah. Uh, I do want to say that if you want to check out any of these games we're talking about, you can get um, versions of these games on the Wii Virtual Console. And um, I'm not sure if they have any Mario games out on the Wii U Virtual Console yet. You might be asking, well, you know, it's called the Wii U. Is it the same virtual console games available? The answer is no, because the Wii ones aren't upscaled, and um, the Wii U virtual console games you can play remotely on the main big uh, Wii U gamepad with the second screen on there.
1: Gaming is too complicated. Yeah,
0: not to be confused with the virtual console on the Nintendo 3DS. And no, if you buy one game, you don't get to play it on all three systems. Ah, okay. So we just confused the audience. Most of them have stopped listening. Let's go and talk about Super Mario Brothers.
1: Now we can tell the people what we really think. The people listening now are the ones who get us.
0: Super Mario Brothers came out uh, 2 years later in 1985 in uh, the United States, you know, it was a the the pack-in game with the system, whereas a big package with the Nintendo console and two controllers and the Zapper gun, and on the same cartridge you had Super Mario Brothers. And uh, Duck Hunt
1: man, like that that is an unbelievable package, uh, you know compared to the way systems are packaged today, where you know the, like
0: you don't even need a free game anymore most of the time. you just get like one controller,
1: which is so unless you of course you get the Wii, which is so weird, you'd think you'd want at least one basic game on there just to show just to you know just show buyers uh, and early adopters what the system is truly capable of.
0: In fact, we we're asking our listeners for comments about the old Mario games, and uh, this might be an acquaintance of yours, Thrasher, Stephen oh. Black.
1: Ah, uh, yes, indeed.
0: Oh, okay. He's an assistant director at Dramascape, apparently.
1: Yep, and he's also uh, connected with the new FASA.
0: Oh, great. Okay. Uh, hello, Stephen. Thanks for commenting on our Facebook page, com slash sequelcast. He was wanting us to um, talk about... Games that came with Super Mario Brothers One, uh, meaning that they did released a lot of versions of this first Mario game over the years. As uh, as pack ins, I mean, you can even buy it as a cartridge by itself if you didn't get the big bundle. But you know, when I had it, it was Mario and Duck Hunt on the same cartridge.
1: Well, I had I had a different version when because we, we, yeah. we were my family was late showing up to to the to the Nintendo party. Uh-huh. Uh, so when we got uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System, it had uh, it was the version that came with the Power Pad. So we had one cartridge that had Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and this uh, world class track, track meet. I
0: think it's world class track meet. And um yes. the the power pad looked kind of like a dance dance revolution thing but it was a bunch of circles and you could run in place and your character in the game could uh could run on the uh the fake uh, track
1: I made some great time on that you could also do hurdles they were long jumps uh, there was not too many games, sadly, use the Power Pad, which like, I, f- I felt like if developers had taken advantage of that, g- gaming, home gaming would have gone in a completely different direction. And there was a reverse side to the Power Pad that I don't think any game ever used.
0: Would you cheat and get in your hands and knees and just tap with your hands on the... Pad.
1: Uh, yes, sometimes just <laughs> to see if I could go any faster I would sometimes just pound the thing also uh, my uh, sister and I figured out a rhythm by which both of us could pound the symbols or the, pound the whatever the thing the, the sensitive sp- areas on the power pad were in such a way that we could get like just speeds that would be impossible to get with your legs
0: There's also an arcade version of um, Super Mario Brothers
1: Yes, uh the I don't know how common it was. Uh we were my family, we were on a road trip. We were heading down to the Outer Banks and we stopped at a 7-Eleven and it was there. There there used to be arcade games in and 7-Elevens and I think there were two there. There was like an old Centipede uh arcade game and Super Mario Brothers. And I had some quarters, so I played it, and it pretty, and it was just straight up Super Mario Brothers. I wouldn't have been at all surprised if there was just a Nintendo console in that box. The only difference is, uh, you, I think you were on a timer. Even if yeah. you did die, I think a quarter only got you about fifteen minutes of playtime. I've even seen a
0: machine. I think it was called like Nintendo Nintendo's Player's Choice or whatever, where you could pick one out of eight games, and yeah, you paid for like five minutes uh, worth of playtime, and it was it seemed just like a straight up Nintendo to me. But I was surprised to see that in an arcade. Of course, this game, uh, Super Mario Brothers, has been remade several times. Um, You know, the most famous of which, these Nintendo games that we'll be talking about uh, for the Nintendo Entertainment System were later remade in a compilation for the Super Nintendo called Super Mario All-Stars.
1: Yes, and then there was also the Super Mario Lost Levels.
0: Um, Right, which is a good segue, Thrasher, into the next game we're talking about. So in Japan... Um, you know, Mario Brothers came out first and was a big success. So afterwards, uh, the next year in 86 in Japan, they released something called Super Mario Brothers 2. And when this came out in the United States, they just called it Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels. And the graphics, the the sound and everything look just like the original Super Mario Brothers. It's all new levels and it's a lot harder. Like, it's a game that fucks with
1: you. Really?
0: Have you played this one.
1: No, I have never oh, played okay. I've never played the original Mario Brothers 2 and I never played the lost levels unfortunately.
0: So lost levels even in the first level you have sometimes there'll be wind and it'll switch directions randomly as you're jumping around uh. and blow you and die. There is a mushroom that you can pick that kills you when you touch it. That's a different color.
1: The wind is what gets me. It's like that that, yes. that, that is just the game developers being dicks.
0: And, you know, this never came out in the United States. I think before we move on to the U.S. Uh, Mario 2, which was called Super Mario USA in Japan, we should talk a bit about the structure of this uh, original Super Mario Brothers game. So, as you recall, with the Mario Brothers, it's on one fixed screen. Just like, you know, Donkey Kong was, or uh, something like Tetris. Oh, yeah. Right, which was very typical for arcade games at the time, although Tetris came several years later. Excuse me. Um, now, Mar- Super Mario Brothers. It was side-scrolling, which was really revolutionary. In even if it might not have been the first, I think it was the first to really do it well. You know, just <laughs> so have one screen. You have thirty-two different stages that were several screens long that smoothly scrolled from screen to screen.
1: You yeah, you would go from uh, from left to right. Although mm-hmm. sadly, you could not go back.
0: No, and it was. Um, you know, eight worlds, four levels apiece, one, 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 two, one, three, one, four. Uh, the fourth level was always you're in a, um, like, Bowser's dungeon or something, his castle. A castle, yeah. And your Mario is ostensibly trying to find Princess uh, Toadstool. Toadstool, excuse me. And now known as Princess Peach. And she was always known as Peach in Japan. Um, and you'd go and, oh, instead of getting the princess, you'd get... Uh, one of the mushroom retainers, one of her servants, saying, thank you, but the princess is in another castle. And the levels are, sometimes there'd be underwater levels, sometimes there'd be underground levels, sometimes you get to run around on clouds and stuff. But it was a really meaty game, and you couldn't say that about a lot of games at the time.
1: Well, there were also, like, lots of little secrets, like secret underground areas you could discover, or beanstalks you could discover that would take you into sky-based areas, or, my absolute favorite, the warp zones
0: yeah where if you knew the secret place uh, just where to go, you could skip ahead to uh, the end of the game pretty quickly,
1: which you know is great like there's there's no save feature no, but yeah. if you use the warp zones properly, that was tantamount to savings. If you know how far you could get in the game, don't worry, you don't have to replay that. you can just go to the warp zone
0: uh, there's a great port on Super Mario Brothers on uh, the Game Boy Color I think called Super Mario DX mm-hmm. there's Super Mario Brothers DX for deluxe. And that one, it does save your progress as you go through it. And you can um it has like these five red coins per level where if you collect all of those it um uh, I think it might unlock something at the end of the game. I don't I don't know. Maybe just bragging rights. <laughs> but they've certainly released various versions of the game and it's uh and you can play as two player, but sadly not simultaneously. That wouldn't come until much later for uh Super Mario Brothers uh, Wii.
1: Yeah, that that was actually that was the one nasty kind of thing if you were playing two players with the original Super Mario Brothers you weren't playing at the same time you would have to take your you would have to take turns and it was kind of frustrating and you really yeah. you there was no cooperation you were really seeing who could get the highest arbitrary score
0: and not just that you know um, even the one player 1 was Mario and player 2 was Luigi it was really a situation where the, there wasn't any difference in the play styles between the two. It was just a palette swap. Luigi yeah. was green and had green hair and a For green mustache. Ways. Yeah, so the limited color palette on the Nintendo Entertainment System. But yeah, no, this was a, a. I remember when I first played Super Mario Brothers. It was at a friend's house. It was the daughter. It was at I played it with the daughter of a, a friend of the family at the time, and I thought to to jump. Not only did you have to press the A button, but I thought you had to move the controller up, like lift it with your hands. (laughs) And I I know other kids did that as well. And, you know, it's kind of amazing. You look at that and then you look at years later in the Nintendo Wii. Literally, you can do that in a game if you want to. You can move the controller and it reacts to what goes on on the screen.
1: Yeah, I could, I remember actually getting really animated while playing uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers and and swinging swinging that controller around. Not that I thought it actually did anything, but just you know you you kind of want to have that kind of that that physical experience, even with those old games.
0: Have you held a Nintendo Entertainment System controller lately?
1: Uh, yes, very very light,
0: very uncomfortable. Well, that too. Hard yeah. jagged edges, made for a child's hands. Uh, the meat hooks I have now can't can't push those buttons very well but (laughs) it is an iconic controller Um, I've never played you know the the Japanese uh, Nintendo which is called the Famicom short for family computer before so I'm not sure how that's uh, different
1: well one difference is that the second player controller on the Famicom had a uh, microphone built into it
0: I remember some games using that okay
1: yeah, well, I know, like, uh, legend, the original Legend of Zelda, there was a, a creature that in the Japanese version, you weakened by shouting into the other controller.
0: Hmm. We also had, like, an add-on for the uh, Famicom in Japan called the, the Disk System, where the game, you, you'd you get, like, a blank floppy disk or something, take it to the video game store, load a disk onto it, and then it had more memory, could do better music, had some games that later, when they ported it, it uh, to the American version, I'm thinking of things like, um, oh, hell, um, maybe like cast like uh, Legend of Zelda 2: Adventure of Link. Oh, yeah. They'd have to dumb down the music for the American uh, cartridge version. Oh, that's right. Because it's, it's less memories. Drive. Yeah. So, not only that, but that thing made the disk drive a very rare system as far as collecting all the software. Because it's all meant to be dumped into re-writable re- 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 uh, disks. This oh, I can't speak.
1: Hairball. Oh,
0: heckum! Awesome. Yeah, hairball. So I think we've done a good job talking about Mario Brothers and Mario Brothers lost levels. Let's talk about the American Super Mario Brothers Two, which, oh, as, yeah. as listener Stephen Black points out, is a weird. Um, more than it a remake. It was Mario game. No, Mario
1: was a... grafted onto this for American audiences. Yeah,
0: you know, this came out if Mario came out in 85 and Mario 2, the Japanese one Lost Levels, came out in 86 the American Mario Brothers 2 came out in 88. So it was quite some time later. And uh that one was basically a, a remixed, remake kind of version of a Japanese game called Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic. And uh it's weird. You can tell right away it doesn't feel like a traditional Mario game.
1: <laughs> no, it's and yet it's still one of my favorites just cuz it's so it's so dynamic. The, the the fact that you can choose one of four characters and they each play the game differently is just a revelation and the thing with creating doorways to different to like a parallel world that you can be in temporarily and how, where you put that doorway is going to determine what, what things you can access in that parallel world. There's a lot of great game design going on in there.
0: There really is Thrasher. And I think about, I was um, watching a great series online called, uh, it's a series called tropes versus women Talking about you know, um, oh yes, the, the depiction of women in uh, uh, video games, and with that, the uh, the host Anita Sarkeesian uh, over at uh, FeministFrequency.com dot com is the website for that. She makes the point how in Mario Brothers two, you could pick between four characters: Mario, Luigi, Toad, who uh, uh, you know is a mushroom retainer, one of the guys you rescue in Mario 1, when you're not rescuing the princess at the end of each world, and Princess uh, Toadstool. And yet, in later Mario games where you could pick who you wanted to be, such as um, New Super Mario Brothers Wii and New Super Mario Brothers Wii U, you could only pick as Mario, Luigi, and two versions of Toad.
1: Yeah, which just seemed like a cop-out, because... It's really a, a sin to do that today simply because there are now so many uh, iconic Mario characters, both men and women. You know, they're, they're, you really should be able to have some variety.
0: I think so, too. It's, uh, and not just that, as we mentioned, you know, in uh, the original Super Mario Brothers, when you played as Mario, And uh, Luigi, there wasn't any difference. But in this one, each character, kind of like a class in an RPG in a way, had different um, specialties. Like, Mario looked really fat in this game, and he, he, he wasn't very good. Luigi had a real high jump. Princess Toadstool, which is my favorite to play as, could float. And Toad... Um, I think controlled a bit easier than the other ones. Well, to-
1: Toad was very fast with good control. He was the fastest. Uh, Luigi's thing wasn't. Uh, Luigi's thing actually was that he had a slower jump, so you could take your. T- he had a, He had his jump was Higher. high and slow, so you could. Yeah. You know, you could really take advantage of that to do some subtle maneuvers up and down. Pretty cool. And all. And also. Uh, You can kind of ride certain, like, there's lots of really dynamic enemies, but you can actually kind of ride certain enemies. There's these, uh, the Shy Guys, there's a level where there's Shy Guys who ride ostriches, and if you can knock the Shy Guys off the ostriches, you can use the ostriches to get around.
0: Even as a little kid, I get really stressed by one enemy in the game who, uh, you couldn't kill. There are certain levels where you go into the palace and, um you got to pick up the key and climb through the building to open up the key to get to the end of the level. And when you pick up the key, it awakens this uh, evil-looking mask. Oh, yeah. Scary face. And he chases you, and he kind of zips, and he, the laws of physics don't apply to him. He can zip <laughs> through walls. He has a weird loop-to-loop pattern. And yeah, you if you drop the key, he vanishes. But you have to pick up that key to advance. And the music gets really intense and stuff when he flies around.
1: Yeah, those, those were some nice high-tension moments. The, oh, and the other thing I like is that each, each boss, you have, to, you have to deal with completely differently. Uh, one of my favorites yeah. being the rat that throws bombs at you. You've got to pick up those bombs and throw them back at the rat. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite boss fights.
0: Yeah, I love the whole mechanic of um, you walk around the, the world, the dream world in Super Mario Brothers 2, and you see all these like uh, stalks floating in the ground. And so you don't know what you're going to pick up. Are you going to pick up a bomb? Are you going to pick up a strawberry you can fight people with? Are you going to pick up a... Uh, I think they were radishes, actually. Oh, radishes, yeah. Are you can pick up a radish? Are you going to pick up a potion to take you to an alternate dimension to get an extra uh, heart container? You just don't know. It's uh, really one And, you know, in between levels, it would be a fun slot machine game where you get extra lives.
1: <laughs> if you played it right, yeah.
0: If you played it right. And... Yeah, it's so weird. I think that's part of what makes this uh perhaps my favorite Mario game. Might be this uh American Super Mario Brothers 2 for the Nintendo.
1: It's of of the original of the original series of Mario games. It probably is my second favorite, and that has a lot to do with just how dynamic it is and how different it is from all the other Mario games.
0: I would like a remake of this where the game is the same but you can play two players simultaneously. I think would be fun. Um, And I like at the ending of this game, it explains, oh, this whole game was just a dream Mario was having.
1: Which is a weird... I, I guess is a weird conceit, only because you know you've you've already established that fantastical things can happen in the, happen in this franchise. Saying that it's all a dream, it's almost as if they're trying to de-legitima, uh, delegitimize what is already a weird kind of sequel. Although I guess, or is that a carryover from the the Japanese version? Does the Japanese game, the Doki Doki game, was that did that take place in a dream world? Do you know?
0: Oh, um, let me check. No, it was, um, about kids just in a fantasy world. Huh. Like Arabian Nights, it was really influenced by, which you can still see in Mario 2.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, all, all those desert levels are awesome, especially when you can dig.
0: Oh, it's kind of like Dig Dug, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of variety of play compared to the original Super Mario Brothers in which you go from left to right. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to SequelCast uh, listener Antoniachi, Antoniaci, uh, who's been uh, doing a good job uh, talking with us at Facebook.com slash SequelCast. Cool. said he's really enjoyed our first episode of Video Game sequel cast about the Sonic the Hedgehog Genesis games. And he... He says he's from Brazil, and he says Sega retro culture is quite popular there. And he talked about our show to his fellow uh, Mega Drive uh, Sega Genesis friends. So thanks for that, Finichius.
1: Well, if you get a kick out of it, that's cool. Yeah,
0: I'm sure I mispronounced your name, and I apologize for that. But he did make a correction in our Sonic episode. Oh. So we were talking about multiplayer in Sonic the Hedgehog, and he said actually in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and 3 in the Genesis, the multiplayer mode... um, where it was split screen was just a time attack mode. But, but you cannot play co-op with the split screen.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Which is an important distinction. So, um, And he also was talking about the lock-on technology was a success, but the development of that in the future was kind of short-lived because of the, the increased cost of making a cartridge with things like Nintendo 64 compared to burning something on a CD that cost pennies. So uh great points, uh Venetius. If you want to send us an email about what you think about this episode of the video game sequelcast, you can send us an email at sequelcast at gmail dot com or uh, you can post something at facebook.com slash sequelcast. And if you like what you've listened to and want to support us, donate at sequelcast.com slash donate. That's sequelcast dot com slash donate.
1: Takes you Or hell, uh, send us games you want us to review.
0: You could do that too. You could uh if you send me a, a mess, an email to sequelcast at I can, uh we can work something out where you can mail us a, an old video game for us to play and talk about. That could be kind of fun, too. Um, so, there you go. Very nice. So, we, we've talked a lot about the different Mario games. We have one more main one to, oh, uh, yeah. to talk about. And then a, a puzzle game that stars Mario, in a sense. So... Why don't you talk about your first experience with Super Mario Brothers Three? Uh,
1: the year it came out, that was uh, that was my uh, birthday present. It was it was the only game I wanted. It looked uh, it looked uh, so incredibly good. Uh, like a lot of people in the country. I went to see the shitty video game movie The Wizard, yeah. which is a movie about video games, not a movie based on a video game, simply because at the climax of that movie, we get to see snippets of a n- new Super Mario game that would be coming out in a few months. And uh, and to this day, I think uh, Super Mario Bros. 3 remains my favorite Super Mario game for the original Nintendo. Why is that? Uh, well... Really good graphics, really good playability. It, it learned uh, – clearly the developers learned a lot from the first – from, from Mario, Super Mario Brothers, the Lost Levels, and from the American version of Super Mario Brothers 2. It's just such a beautiful refinement of that kind of game. And it it also introduces lots of great things such as uh, flying, uh, different uh, different power ups that have still stuck with the franchise, non uh, non linear gameplay. Uh, there were levels where you could uh, where you could choose certain paths, wildly varying level designs. It, it's just overall, it is just a great game.
0: Hmm. The thing I like about uh, Super Mario Brothers three which, again, I'm not sure if Mario Bros. 3 was the first to do this, but it certainly added a lot to the world, is, okay, so like the first Mario game, there's eight separate worlds. But what's different is um, you can sort of pick what level you want to do up to a point. You get to see this big overworld map. Each world has a theme where it might be one where everything's all giant and Mario's really small. Or uh, there's one in the desert. Or there's one where... It's there's all an nice world. There's, yeah, there's a nice world. world. So, in that you get some kind of choice in what level you get to do, and you can, you know, go and do a slot machine game and get items, and you can equip items before going into levels. There's a, just a lot you can do in there. It, it oh, like, the, another uh, thing um, yeah. it was, uh,
1: Super Brothers, Brothers 3 also introduced uh, the Koopa kids who have stuck with right. the franchise.
0: That's just what I was going to say, Thrasher.
1: Yeah, they gave King Koopa a family.
0: Yeah, it's... uh, You never see who the the mother of these children was.
1: I like to imagine that it's that frog thing from uh, Mario 2. (laughs) Wart? Turns out it was a woman.
0: Hmm. Wasn't Birdo, was it?
1: Well, no, no. Berto was male, but had uh, gender confusion issues. It could be that the Koopas reproduce asexually, like Godzilla.
0: So you're saying Bowser has a bad burrito, and hunches over, and a kid pops out.
1: I don't. I don't think you know how asexual reproduction works, Matthew. Uh, uh,
0: he he vomits out a kid. Is that it?
1: Well, no. I think I think there. I think that there's just like. They go through a reproductive cycle, and their body just knows that it's time to carry on the species, and so they they temporarily become female and lay an egg.
0: I mean, the graphics in Super Mario Brothers 3 were leaps and bounds ahead of the other games. They had a lot of real uh, personality to them.
1: Oh, and one other thing is that they put some like weird uh, – at least the, the American names for the Koopa kids. One of them is named Lemmy after uh, the guy – the uh, the lead singer from Motorhead. <laughs> of course, the one with the crazy hair is Ludwig von Koop after Ludwig von Beethoven. The weirdest one is uh, – the one that has kind of the glam rock look is Morton Cooper Jr., who is named after uh, conservative talk show host Morton Downey Jr., who <laughs> would just have these rageful explosions on his TV show.
0: Sort of like a precursor to, um, like Jerry Springer or something like that. No, or? no,
1: he was like he was sort of like, uh, imagine. Okay, did you ever see the 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 Richard Bay Show? No. That was the that was by hands down the worst and sleaziest talk show ever. If you could combine Rush Limbaugh with Richard Bay, uh, and then just and then l- let him go on Nicolas Cage rants, that would be Morton Downey Jr. Okay. He he had like a real sort of showman streak, but that would would just go off.
0: Uh, <laughs> So
1: but that's a weird, just weird yeah. bit of cultural ephemera born out of uh, <laughs> this game. Indeed. Oh, and this also introduced suits for Mario.
0: Right. I mean, the raccoon suit was on the cover, and just you could get that in the very first level and fly. And the flying mechanic was a bit tricky to get a hold of. You had to get had a flat, a big area to run in, and then you would take off, and it just that wow, the level didn't just scroll from side to side, but went up and down.
1: Yeah, like the flying. The flying wasn't a cheat. Flying didn't make the game easier. It just just different. Uh, it had like just sort of the right amount of flying. They made flying just difficult enough that you really valued it. But actually, that was just the raccoon ear and tails. There was also a. Uh, Tanuki suit, which, gave, which was a full-body raccoon suit, which gave him all the flying abilities, but also let him turn into an indestructible statue, uh, which is something that Tanukis in Japanese mythology would do. They could turn into statues to hide themselves. There was also a frog suit that made you an excellent swimmer and a super high jumper. That was really fun. And then there was the weirdest one, the Kurupi suit, which was a boot, even though it looked like a sack, was a boot with a wind-up key in the back that could walk over any surface.
0: And that was only in, like, one level, too, is a thing.
1: Uh, I believe it was in two levels, but yeah, and you couldn't take it with you, which is a shame. I so wanted to do more things with the Karupi suit. You could stomp on spiky things. You could walk across spikes and manateing plants. Uh, you could get it to jump really high and then jump out of it, vastly expanding your jumping ability. And, of course, if you were jumped or knocked out of it, it was still there, so you could hop back in and take it.
0: Yeah, it was so much fun. I wish it would have been in more levels. You also have, like, the Tanuki suit was one.
1: Yeah, that was the one where you could turn into, you could fly and turn into a statue. And actually, if I remember correctly, I believe if you turned into a statue mid-air, you would destroy whatever you landed on, but I'm kind of fuzzy on whether that worked. I feel mm. like it should have worked. I
0: think it should have worked, but I'm... Uh... Not sure. Again, you know, like the the Tanuki suit and the the boot were not big uh, deals in the game. You know.
1: Well, how do you mean? Well,
0: th- I mean the fans made big deals out of them, but they weren't like suits you could use all the time, like the.
1: Well, no, no. Once you like, with the exception with the exception of the Karupi, once you had the suit, I mean, you had it until you you took a hit and lost it.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't they didn't have levels designed as much around those suits as the frog suit or the uh the raccoon suit.
1: Well, true. Some, some of them like were very key to the levels that they were introduced in where you could pick them up, but you could take them out of those levels and still play. I love taking the frog into the desert just cuz conceptually I love that idea.
0: Yes. Indeed. Um Gee, I mean this game got really, did you ever beat this game? I thought this one was really hard.
1: I don't I don't think I did. I I remember getting as far. I remember playing all the way through and getting to the final st- uh, stage where, you know, you're in Koopa's hellish lava world and, you know, there's flying boats which are which were awesome that you would jump around on. I don't think I I don't think I ever got to the final battle and if I did get to the final battle, I guess I beat it and was just so exhausted <laughs> that I couldn't form any coherent memories. <laughs> there's a part, There's a voice in my head that's telling me that I did, in fact, beat this once, but I, I have no evidence to, to prove my claim.
0: I think it's one of those... You know, I did beat it with a game genie, but, you know, that's cheating. But oh, yeah. the final fight against Bowser, they made his sprite, you know, the graphic so large on the screen and uh, he kind of bounced around and you had to dodge out of the way as he kind of made his own pit and died but it was uh it was very neat and i mean super mario brothers 3 is one of the best selling video games of
1: um of all time Cer- certainly and certainly that era in fact i used to have a subscription to nintendo power magazine and they had a section at the back of the magazine where, like, they ranked, like, the best-selling slash most popular games for all their systems. And Super Mario Bros. 3 stayed in the number one spot for the Nintendo Entertainment System from when it was released to when I think I ended my subscription three or four years later. Hmm. It would dip one or two spaces every now and then, but would always be right back up. But it was an exceptional game, though it certainly deserved to be in that spot.
0: Yeah, it does. Uh, it's
1: it is the biggest, most exciting Mario Brothers adventure yet, as the box said.
0: Uh, I don't like that box art that much. It's kind of plain.
1: Well, it's really basic. It doesn't tell you, aside from Mario has a tail and might be doing a belly flop into a swimming pool of urine, it doesn't tell you anything (laughs) about the game. From a graphic perspective, I think it looks brilliant, but it does not communicate anything significant about the game's content. I think that is a weakness.
0: I had a lot of friends that would argue that Mario was a fox instead of a raccoon. You know, I had
1: the exact same thing. And I would tell them that foxes don't have ringed tails, uh, and I would sometimes be, I would accept an argument that he was a lemur, but no, that's a raccoon. Cause there are ring tailed lemurs.
0: No, but you, did you ever think that the Mario raccoon would want to dig in the trash cans and get trash?
1: Well, there are no trash cans. In, in the Mushroom Kingdom.
0: That you know of. You know, there's a lot of seedy alleyways they never show in the video games.
1: What, well, you know, in this one, there were some spots where if you crouched down on certain blocks, you would fall into the background and, and could walk behind yeah, objects. So it's right. entirely possible that all the tr- the trash cans were just behind those blocks and we just couldn't see them because of our, our forced perspective.
0: What did you think of the remake of these three Mario games in that Super Mario All-Stars compilation on the Super Nintendo
1: it was really fun. I didn't have it myself, but a friend did, and I did. Uh, I did play. I think I played through bits and pieces of all three, and it was really fun. It was fun to play the game. As I recall, the gameplay was pretty much exactly the same. But I really liked. Uh, but these were good games, so I liked playing it, and I liked that I could play it with sixteen-bit graphics as opposed to eight. It was really nice. I wish. I wish that happened more often. Like I wish. I wish I could get a, cl- a classic Castlevania, but with more modern graphics.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that would be pretty neat um, With that in mind, let's go and talk about the last, you know, game with uh, Mario in the title Kind of the main one, you know, uh, or we've talked about the main ones But this one I think is important, Dr. Mario
1: Oh, yeah Came out in
0: 1990 in the middle of, you know, the, the Tetris craze Where Tetris was a popular game in the arcades on the computer On any system imaginable, the Game Boy in particular
1: Yeah, it is, it it was Nintendo's answer to Tetris, and it is, overall, it probably is my favorite Tetris ripoff. The the gameplay is just so simple and straightforward, it doesn't try to overcomplicate anything. And, you know, and it just, and it has, it has that twist that you're not trying to knock out blocks or layers, you're trying to eliminate specific infections in the sample jar.
0: Yeah, so it is the plot that Mario, he was a plumber, he saved a lot of money, went to night school and became a doctor. And uh, but his lab is just filthy. It's filled with all these medicine bottles full of viruses. So he decides the way to get rid of the viruses is just toss pills everywhere.
1: Well, I think I don't think he's literally <laughs> a doctor because by this point, you know Mario was, it was a cult, had become a a cultural icon. It was only going to get bigger. Uh, and I just you know this is just a this is just in my mind Mario is kind of like a Warner Brothers cartoon character. He's a comic actor. It Hmm. it plays these roles, and so in that game, he is given the role of a doctor.
0: Okay, but it's uh, it's different than Tetris. In Tetris, you know, you're lining up uh, blocks to make lines. Doctor Mario lining them up. That's the only
1: requirement. Yeah,
0: Doctor Mario is a bit more complicated. You have to match colors: red, blue, or yellow.
1: Or if you were playing the Game Boy version, uh, (laughs) white, black, or gray.
0: Right, black or gray,
1: all with a green tint. Uh, that's oh it. yeah,
0: classic Game Boy green tint. And as you did this, you would have to—you could line stuff up vertically, horizontally. You kind of had to. Uh... No, no, it was a game. It took me a while to even understand what was going on because I was so used to playing Tetris. <laughs> and this is—I think—Dr. Mario requires more critical thinking than Tetris.
1: A, a bit, yeah. Uh, although it's. I, I, and I guess the, the tension is it, it, there's also it's like it's less of a pattern because if you if you know what you're doing with Tetris, you can always just set it up to wait for that big long block which will inevitably come. Uh, Doctor Mario doesn't give you any kind of easy outs you can plan for like that.
0: Hmm. And they've released various versions of this uh, over the years too. But uh, getting on the Nintendo, getting to play this uh, simultaneously with a friend was really a lot of fun.
1: That's very true. Uh, and one thing that's uh and I'm surprised we haven't talked about this is just the music. Music has been very important to Mario. Uh oh yeah. And Doctor Mario has probably the catchiest overall Mario theme. Do 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 And like that's it and that can just play forever and I will be endlessly entertained.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, a Super Mayor Brothers one, two and three had music by Koji Kondo but uh, Dr. Mario had music by a, a different composer altogether. It was composed by Hirokazu Hip Tanaka, who did music for the Metroid games. Cool. Or at least the first uh, Metroid.
1: Yeah, actually, do you want to comment on any of the uh, music from the other Mario games?
0: I uh, have a soft spot. For the um, underwater music in uh, oh, yeah. Super Mario Brothers. It just sounds like a. It's a waltz. It's a waltz.
1: And that's one thing about the Mar- about the Mario games that its music is is brilliantly unhip. It's all like waltzes and cha-chas and mambos.
0: Well, except the most modern piece of music I think from the original Mario game is the underground music. Da 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 da. Da So yeah. it's a lot of silences and then like rant it's uh, a actual tones. notes up on you. Yeah. Atonal notes. Yeah,
1: it gives it a more chaotic sort of horrific feel.
0: Yeah. And I think it was a hit single in Japan. Because Japan has a, se- I mean, has a history of doing a lot of video game uh, sequels. Oh, well, no, I mean, there are even American soundtrack. orchestras
1: and acapella groups and just flat out musicians who do use Mario music in their performances. Yes. It's always nice to hear. It is good music. It's very, very sophisticated music, and it's, it's amazing that there was so much of it this early in uh, in the history of video games.
0: Yeah, it, the music sticks with you. It's catchy melodies. It often fits with um, with what you are doing. It's just quite the uh, the treat. I think the music on the Nintendo can be a lot more advanced than what the graphics were.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that's true. Because yeah. you kind of had to use
0: your imagination with the Nintendo graphics, looking back on it.
1: Yeah, that's just a limitation of the technology. They still had uh, exceptional gameplay. That's the thing that really saves the early Mario games, e- even if they're most basic and most visually unappealing, which is really you only see in Mario Brothers and Super Mario Bros. The gameplay itself is just spot on and very elegant.
0: But have you tried playing one of these uh, recently?
1: Regrettably not – well, actually, no. I kind of have. Um, uh, uh, my girlfriend got me uh, – hi, Sarah uh, – got me a copy of New Super Mario Bros. 2 for the 3DS. And okay. there's a play mode called Coin Run where you, you play through levels, but you're just trying to gather as many coins as possible. Yes. And they released a free download pack of some random uh, – levels from the original Super Mario Brothers ported into this game. So it's the original Super Mario Brothers graphics uh, and everything uh, except for Mario who's in 3D, but the levels themselves are in 3D. There's depth in that field. But other than that, the levels are identical except I think the coin placement's a bit different, and it's very fun, and it's still, it still holds up, and it plays exactly the same.
0: Hmm. So... That's pretty neat. I have to say, uh, do you enjoy the 3DS as a system?
1: Overall, yes. It's it's been it's been very enjoyable, and I like. Uh, generally speaking, I, I feel that a technological item should just be good at doing that one thing, and I don't care. Uh, but with the 3DS, it's one of the few gadgets I have where I like that it can do things other than the thing that I bought it for.
0: Like. Um...
1: Uh, the internet connectivity, the cameras, uh, the mm. audio, the the audio recording, the video recording, the uh, the uh, Nintendo video program, the the note the note sharing program. It's it's the like I, I've had I've had an iPod for years. I barely ever use any feature on it other than playing uh, playing podcasts. Even though it's got all this other stuff preloaded on it. I hardly ever touch that other stuff. But the 3DS, I'm always tinkering around with the other uh, programs they have on it.
0: Hmm. Very cool. All right. Well, I hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to us talk about Super Mario Brothers. Now we should go on the Nintendo. Um, Any last thing you want to say about that?
1: Ah, uh, you know, I don't think so. I think I've said every, about everything I need to say. These these are just very enjoyable games. It's been very fun looking back at them.
0: I agree. We'll have to talk about the Super Nintendo one sometime. The future of the Mario franchise. Um, yeah, it's just gameplay that, that works, that's still fun. The sound effects also add to the experience, too, not just the music.
1: Uh, although... Yeah, I that death theme, that death sound effect and death theme is one of the cruelest things that's ever been in a video game. Why? It's well, it's well. I, I don't know. How, well, how often did you die playing original Mario Brothers? A lot. And how much do you cringe and start to froth at the mouth whenever you hear?
0: You know, the one that came to mind to me was the one from Mario Two
1: actually no that 's worse that 's mocking you for 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 dying <laughs> that 's mocking you for not being good at the game, and that is something that game designers need to stop doing uh, games that mock you when you don 't do well at them
0: so let 's talk about uh, what you 've been playing Thrasher
1: This is going to sound uh, incredibly lame. I mentioned in the last episode that i 've been playing uh, Dead Space Three. Uh, and I'm on what I believe to be the – I haven't played it since we talked about it. I got to – shortly after that, I got to what I believe to be the uh, the last uh, big conflict slash set piece of the game. And it has been so frustrating that I just have not picked it up since we recorded our last episode. Uh, and it's, it's really giving me mixed feelings about that game. Hopefully, I will have gotten through to the end of it uh, by our next episode uh, all I've played uh, since then is uh, is uh, Mario Kart Seven. Hmm. Which I think did we talk about that? Uh, I think I so. Episode? Yeah. It's it's just it's just a fun game. If I want to just relax for ten minutes, I'll just I'll play through uh, play through some races on there. I still I still enjoyed. It. It's very fun. I like the mix of uh, old and new race courses.
0: I've uh, had a lot of fun playing a on the Xbox 360. On Xbox Live, they've been doing these sales kind of like uh, Steam does on the computer. Oh, yeah? And they had half off a game that was a digital download that I've been meaning to try for a few years called Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So this is one where, um, I mean, the plot is sort of convoluted, but basically Mysterio steals this uh, tablet that can enhance whatever powers you have. Somehow it gets sucked into different dimensions, and in the game you kind of skip around different levels as four different Spider-Men. You play as the Amazing Spider-Man, the traditional one. You play as uh, a version of... Um, Spider-Man in the Venom costume, set in the Ultimate Spider-Man universe. You play as the the weird uh, Spider-Man twenty ninety nine, and you get to play as Spider-Man Noir, huh. which is from a limited series from uh, two thousand nine to two
1: thousand ten. Does the does the multiple Spider-Man angle work?
0: I think so. The beginning of the tutorial is, like, pretty amusingly fast, so um...
1: And that that's it. That's all the game has going for it.
0: I like it. The graphics aren't great, but, like, I like that concept of doing the different settings. So we're going to add on a special guest uh, to Groovy. the show and talk to him about Mario for maybe half an hour or so. Does that sound good?
1: Uh, it can't be too late. I do have, uh, sleep and freelancing to do tomorrow.
0: I see. As opposed to paid lancing. Um. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Okay.
1: I do not work for free. Mother Fs.
0: Just kidding. Uh, like, we'll have him on for like 15 minutes. How about that? All right. It's getting late for me, too. I have not had my supper. Let's add him to the call.
1: Is that him? Do I hear
0: him? I'm adding him. I was clicking my mouse. Was that him? Ryan?
2: Hey, guys. Hey,
0: this is Matt. Welcome to Video Game Sequel Cast.
2: How are you guys doing?
0: Oh, good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. This, uh, listeners, if you don't know by the sound of his voice... Well, he hasn't been on the show before, but it's uh, Ryan Haas <laughs> from the Super Meyer Brothers Movie Archive website. He is the site founder and senior webmaster you might recall uh, we had uh, Stephen Applebaum, who's the editor-in-chief and PR person from that site, back on our Super Meyer Brothers the Movie uh, Sequel Cast special episode. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the Video Game Sequel Cast. Thanks. Sure. Uh, so I figure what we'll do since we uh, have added you on here is we'll just talk for about 15 minutes or so about some of the Mario games on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Was... Um, Mario something that you grew up with as a kid?
2: Well, the funny thing is, is, uh, since I, you know, founded the Mario Brothers movie website, uh, my first, uh, exposure to Mario was actually the movie. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, I kind of got into the games kind of backwards. I remember, I do remember playing the games as a kid when I was really young, um, at a friend's house, but I never really played enough, uh, to know, you know what Mario was, but then I actually got into the movie first, and then worked my way backwards through the games. And then I, and then once I uh, got into the movie, I went and picked up all the systems, you know, in order. So I would, I went and got a NES from the pawn shop, and then a Super NES, and then an N64, uh, and so on and so forth. But uh, so coming in from the movie, it was just. Um, Kind of a backwards way, but uh, I always enjoyed the games on the you know the same level as the movie.
0: Is there one for the uh, Nintendo that you liked
2: more than the others? Uh, for the NES, yeah. I mean, you can't beat the you know original NES Super Mario Brothers. I mean, it's it's just such a balanced game. I mean, it's got just. If you compare it to other games that came out at the time, it just the original Super Mario Brothers just has this uncanny amount of um, polish in the controls and the in the play style and you know when you look at how influential it was on you know all the platformer games from then on out you know it's it's just such a well-made game and and very well designed and it's just such a blast to play but I also really have a soft spot for Super Mario Bros. 2 just because of how different it is. And uh, those, that game's really cool to look at in addition to uh, Zelda 2 as two examples of um, early sequels in, uh, in the 8-bit era where they just did not do anything at all like the original title and yet somehow managed to make something really interesting and different and still, uh, and still fun.
0: Now I have a theory that I read about in a book about the original Super Mario Brothers and I'm gonna get your thoughts on it, Ryan. Mm. You know when you get the, the superstar and it plays the music da 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 theory is when you get the superstar, that music is the same as a a musical number from the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. where the characters go, what's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me
1: what's happening. Yeah.
2: Interesting.
0: And I don't know if that's a coincidence. I read that in a book by Jeff Rovin called, like, Nintendo Super Tricks Volume 4 Mm. uh, in the early 90s. But I'm not sure if that's meant to be intentional infringement or if it's... I don't
2: think
1: it's infringement. I think it's an homage. An
0: homage? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Maybe. Actually, you know, that reminds me I I heard something. Oh, let's see if I can look it up. That the main theme for Super Mario Brothers was based on a Mozart song. Really,
0: I haven't heard yeah. that. Yeah,
2: Mozart. Okay. Let me look it up and see if I can pronounce it.
1: Well, I know the I know the uh, water level theme. I believe is based on a, uh, a Mozart composition. Hmm. Maybe th- maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It's a waltz. I just sadly I don't remember which one.
2: I'm let's see. I'm going to botch this name, and I'll type it for you guys so you can see. uh, The the Ein Klein? Let me see.
0: Hmm. Interesting research here. Okay. Um, Knocked music, is that?
2: Yeah, that's
1: it. Okay. Are we going to splice that into the episode so people have something to compare? Yeah,
0: just side by side. Cool. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to listen to that more. I know the beginning of that's pretty famous. Um, Yeah, when I think of Mario, it's uh, it's just something so iconic with Nintendo, and it's kind of... He's really lasted throughout the years, and I think that's kind of surprising, and it really says something when they've done sort of, you know, a more modern take on the older Mario games with, like... New Super Mario Brothers Wii and the New Super Mario Brothers on the DS and all that stuff. Or it's that older gameplay but sort of um more modern things. Oh, okay. So uh so Ryan, you're saying there that that theme by Mozart Ein Klein, knock the music mm-hmm. is more about the theme for the arcade game, Mario Brothers? I think so, now that I'm looking it up. I'll, I'll yeah. make a point on that. That's uh cool. So when you watch the the Mario movie, what um, grabbed you about it that made you want to start a website about it so many years ago?
2: Well, it, it, the main thing was because I I did know it was based on a game, and and when I watched the movie, I I was just like, how how does this relate, and how does it fit, and and how did they take this simple eight bit game and and extrapolate enough to make a feature film out of it you know so it so it's really cool like reverse way of looking at um, adaptation you know mm-hmm. um, and so those elements are so cool you know and when when you go back and read or you know and now I've got we, me and Stephen have had the chance to interview a lot of people involved with the Mario movie production is that the thought was that the, uh, the movie is what really happened and they made the video games as a piece of propaganda afterwards. <laughs> so, like the the events of the movie inspired yeah. what happens in the game. So that's really interesting to look at.
0: So, do you have anything going on at your website at smbmovie.com? dot com for because uh, this year twenty thirteen is the twentieth anniversary of that film.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, and it's it's. The big twentieth anniversary—we've been looking forward to it for a long time. Um, and as I think you guys mentioned on your on one of your uh, other sequel cast uh, video game podcasts, that uh, last year for the nineteenth anniversary, we did some theatrical screenings. And uh, we're going to do the same thing this year. I don't know if I should say yet, but I'm pretty sure that we're going to be uh, doing a twentieth anniversary screening again uh, in Los Angeles at the New Art, nice. same place we did it last year. Mm. So, um, and, uh, we don't have all the details yet, but, um, definitely, I'll let you guys know, and, uh, definitely for the listeners, check back on the website at smbmovie.com. And when, whenever we get, you know, final, you know, uh, dates and times and, uh, special guests, uh, which there might be, uh, a, a little bit, uh, better, uh, accommodation for that than last year, uh, we'll let you know. But, uh, I, I think, it's we're, if all goes as planned, we're going to try to have it on May 24th, the exact uh, 20th anniversary date, which is oh, again good. a Friday. Same day movies come out, so should be should I be want a time. To be there. Please come. Yeah,
0: <laughs> 35 uh, millimeter. It's so cool. Great. Mm. I'm looking at uh, you know, some of your news on your website. I noticed you have a there's a fan edit somebody did of the Super Mario Brothers movie called New Super Mario
2: Brothers. Yeah, they did, okay. and it's it's really interesting that they, I mean, I'm like the toughest, you know, critic for people trying to go back and re-edit the movie. Um, because I'm always, I'm always like, "Eh, uh, it's, you can't, you can't just go in and add video game sounds and any, anything after 1993, uh, Mario wise, just, it just bothers me and bugs me. But if you try to like splice it into the movie, but, um, but Gary, uh, Gil- Gil- oh, I guess is his last name. He, he did a really good job um, integrating – like, cutting out scenes and rearranging scenes and adding really subtle um, sound effects and uh, things like that into the film. Like, at one point, um, uh, he, we f- we found an extended version of Mojo Nixon's uh, Anti-Koopa song, so he, he – so he found a way to uh, include the first verse of that in this new cut. So like, um, you get to hear more of that song. He uh, cut out the entire um, animated dinosaur prologue that everybody hates so much. <laughs> so, so that's gone. That's completely gone. So the movie starts on a more upbeat tone, and he reworked the uh, how the movie starts, and it, it's he integrates like game video game music and. Alan Silvestri's music together, and it really gets you excited to see the movie. And he, another cool thing he did uh, was he removed the good parts of the prologue with um, Daisy, uh, Daisy's mother yes. escaping escaping from Koopa, and she, he took that out of the beginning and added it in sort of a like a flashback scene towards the middle of the movie when the Lena character tells Daisy uh, about the fate of her mother and her father. Oh, so. Right. So it's it's got a lot of really interesting uh, little changes and uh, additions, and he cuts out a lot of the extra cheese, like all the all the pizza gags that Koopa <laughs> wants a pizza. That's all that stuff's gone. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really neat.
0: That's uh that's pretty interesting. You know, I know they've done fan edits of uh, things like Star Trek or Rambo mm-hmm. or what have you, but that someone did one of Super Mario Brothers is uh is really neat. And I think you look at all the yeah. different video game movies and the Super Mario Brothers movie is one where at least it it tried to be different from the video game. Yeah. You get something like this. I'm thinking of the Street Fighter movie from, uh, it was also in the 90s, and you just have 20 characters try to give them all a story and have them fight each other, Mm. and it's nonsense. It makes no sense.
2: Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, is that's the that's the thing that they tried to do with the movie is is how do we make it make sense within its own little world? It's it's kind of funny. Is I'm also a huge Batman fan, and and I I just look at the Mario movie as as um like they try to do what Christopher Nolan did with Batman. Uh-huh. Only they only they did it first. Just they took all these elements from the game and said, okay, well, how can we make that work? What elements can we take that that still are the essence of these characters, and turn it into a feature film because at the when they made the movie, you know all the games they had available were you know the NES Mario games and Super Mario World, so all the characters were you know were just they're just iconic characters you know avatars for for, uh, for the player. So you have to take those base elements of two plumbing brothers, a kidnapped princess, you know, an evil dragon, and you have to figure out how to make them work and uh as you can see on our website they the producers and uh filmmakers they 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 tried making a more faithful swords and sorcery type adaptation fantasy based uh adaptation but the, that they quickly realized that wasn't going to work and so they came up with the approach that uh made it on onto, onto screen very cool mm-hmm.
0: What surprised you the most at the 19th anniversary screening last year as far as like oh. audience reaction?
2: Uh, Gosh, that was such a good time and I decided at literally the last minute that I was going to go I I, I didn't think I would be able to make it but I, I flew out there for it and I'm so glad I did. The, the thing that surprised me the most was just the sheer amount of, of audience turnout. You know, we had gosh, I don't know the exact numbers but we had like they're on the website, we had over maybe 150 or 200 people, or something like that. I mean, there was a lot of people there, and they, um, you know, and we we interviewed people standing in line, and and we had all the props and stuff out, and uh, and a lot of uh, cast members from the movie came. Dana Kaminsky, who plays Daniela, uh, David L. Mm-hmm. Snyder, the production designer who also art directed Blade Runner, came. You know, he's he's such a good friend of the of the website, and Parker Bennett, um, the one of the screenwriters, and um, some of the special effects guys, um, you know, uh, Brian Jennings, like they, they all showed up for it and it was really great to be able to talk to them. And, uh, and, uh, I think the audience appreciated it as well. And then when we t- saw the the film, me, Steven and I had, you know, we had never seen it in a theater. Um, so it was the first time I actually ever got to see it in a 35 millimeter print. And, um, what surprised us even more than the picture quality was the audio. Um, it was so the, the the mix was just so immersive, and, and uh, we heard so many extra like environmental type sounds and ambient sounds that just enhanced you know the world of Dino Hatton and uh, Brooklyn and New York and all the game video game esque sounds and score. Everything just sounded so much more immersive than the than the, the DVD or, or VHS. Um, and the audience got a kick out of it. They they laughed at all the right times. They clapped at all the right times. Like there was a, a eruption in the theater when the when the Mario Brothers finally put on their suits. You know, three fourths of the way through the movie. So it was just um, the best way possible to watch the movie.
0: Any um, news about a Blu Ray release for Super Mario Brothers?
2: Uh, no news on my end. Um, I'm really hoping for one. I. I at this point, I don't think it's going to happen this year, um, just because looking at how Disney has re- has announced their uh, Blu-ray releases in the past, um, they announced like last March they announced their whole slate of like live-action like Blu-rays for the rest of that year, and uh, that time is I think kind of passed, and they haven't really announced anything, so I'm not expecting anything for this year, but, um, but hopefully they'll wise up and. Come out with something. I mean, they did just release some um, the 20th anniversary uh, edition for Roger Rabbit, um, right? Another Bob Hoskins movie. So, I mean, hopefully uh, we can keep banging the drum on the website, begging for it, and they'll listen at some point. The thing, the thing was last year, um, Disney let us um, made the print, the 35 millimeter print of Mario Brothers available to us to, uh, to do these screenings and. Um, when we started, they only had one print, so we we, we thought it was the only print that they uh, had available. And uh, the theaters that were renting the print, uh, they had such such a good response that they started scheduling different theaters started scheduling different shows on on like the same day or the day after. Oh. And uh, and uh, and for some, and all of a sudden, Disney found a couple more extra prints back there. So huh. so they're uh, so they're you know. I think they're warming up to the idea, and uh, and Mario Brothers is getting out there a little bit more.
0: Oh, well, great! Yeah, uh, I've always admired uh, your website, the Super Mario Brothers Movie Archive at smbmovie.com dot com, for all the news, all the different versions of the scripts and stuff on there. There's just a lot of content that's real fun to check out. Uh, one last thing, Ryan, and uh, mm. thank thank you again for doing this. It's no a lot of fun. If they were to make a new Super Mario Brothers movie, who would play Mario and who would play Luigi? Oh
2: man. That is I, you know, I, that's one of those things where I have not even thought about it because I'm so just ingrained in the film that came out. Whenever I think about what a sequel would be, I always think of it in terms of like if like they would have to do a like a novel or a comic book adaptation, right, or, you yes. know, something like that. Um which we you know it's really great because when we t- when we talk to like the screenwriters and stuff we can get we've been able to g- gather a lot of information about where another movie would have gone or where the story would go um but in terms of who I would actually get to play i off the top of my head, I really can't think of who um who would do it, but the thing is um I would want to keep it in the same universe like I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I would, I would get another. I, w- I would get it as close like people that aren't carbon copies of Hoskins and Leguizamo, but uh, people who can still have that same essence of of those characters. Um, but wow, I just, I can't, I can't think of of it at all. But the Come only on, two
0: yeah. I've thought of. Um, Good night, Thrasher. Bye. Bye. Okay, uh, I'm just going to wrap up here pretty quick. So, uh, as and this is almost kind of a joke. Is Mario? I would do Ralphie May, mm-hmm. who was a comedian who was real, real large. And mm-hmm. as um, Luigi, I would think uh, DJ Qualls, who was a skinny wow. comedian who was in Road Trip and the New Guy.
2: Oh, that guy? <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's a half smart ass smart ass answer, but I think Ralphie May could be a funny Mario. I don't know. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah. And um would, it's would... so sad about Bob Hoskins, ah, but I mean yeah. that it's better to see him step down for uh for medical reasons. Yeah. Than to have him keep on going on and people saying, Well, why isn't his acting the same And then it comes out later on that oh it's because he has uh yeah, you know, this condition or that condition.
2: Exactly, and and he, Bob Hoskins is such a classy guy, and and it and he's always been and always though he's been outspoken. He's still been kind of you know private uh, in his personal life and stuff. So I mean, it's 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 totally understandable um, for him uh, to to get out of the spotlight and 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 just focus on his family and stuff like that. Which, if you have seen, we uh, we actually have spoken to Jack Hoskins, Bob Bob Hoskins' son. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, and if you check the front page of our website, we actually have a a whole statement uh, that uh, Jack Hoskins wrote for us about uh, what he thinks about the movie and uh, and uh, what he thinks about his father's performance in, in in the movie. So that's a really nice little thing to read.
0: Sure. I mean, I, I grew up with Bob Hoskins in the movies uh, with um, Roger Rabbit and, you know, mm-hmm. the, this very, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. And... And, um, so it it was a treat, it was kind of nice and along those lines of those films that the last film he was in, if I'm correct, was Snow White and the Huntsman. Right. Right. dwarves, And so Mm -hmm. that he ended his, uh, career doing a fantasy movie, Mm -hmm. which is the sort of things he started to get popular doing. Right. I thought it was real nice. And of course, if, um, have you ever seen Pennies from Heaven?
2: Oh, uh, no, I haven't. Okay,
0: so it was a BBC miniseries, and Bob Hoskins was the star in that. And then later on, mm-hmm. when it was an American movie, it starred Steve Martin. But, oh, I uh, see. But it's really good. It's about in the 19. takes place in the 1930s, and it's a musical, but the actors don't sing. They lip sync to original 1930s recordings. Oh, that's interesting. And it's kind of. It's a very dark, sort of uh, disturbing story of a. Uh, a guy kind of sleeping around with all these women and he's, he's a real sort of scumbag and Bob Hoskins (laughs) plays the lead. But I think you might get a, a kick out of that, Ryan. I should, I'll check it out. It's out there on DVD or uh, might be on some streaming service like Netflix. I'm not even sure.
2: Yeah. You know, if you, the funny thing is, is uh, like you, I, I wasn't uh, introduced to Bob Hoskins in Your Brothers, hook Roger rabbit, you know, Um, and it's so neat now that, that uh, I'm, a little bit more grown up, but, you know, you can go back and watch a lot of these older movies that Bob Hoskins is in and he's such a badass, you know? Oh, yeah, in like, films, got, yeah. Yeah, like, um, th- uh, the good long, uh, long Good Friday or um, Mona Lisa. Those are just great movies and Bob Hoskins is just so cool in those.
0: And he's an actor that really could do it all, the, the funny. He really, the, yeah. The serious. And I'm glad we got um, so many years out of him doing those family films. You know, like, I think mm-hmm. of another actor from that time period. Um, oh, I can't even think of his name because he, he's been retired for so long. Rick Moranis.
2: Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Right. That was in a lot. And then he stepped, after being like in the Flintstones as Barney Rubble and stuff, he stepped right. down because his wife got sick and then passed away. And then mm-hmm. he never has done much acting since then, except for yeah. a voice in the cartoon Brother Bear. Um, yeah.
2: but he's, such, he's such a beloved actor. I mean, everybody just yeah, loves Moranis to death.
0: Honey, I Trunk the Kid and all that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: I'm not sure if he ever did anything with Bob Hoskins, but...
2: Hmm.
0: Uh, as I rewatched the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, you know, back a year or so ago when we covered it on Sequel Cast uh, Special, I was amazed by all the sexy outfits the women wear in the film.
2: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's... it's they just they tried to do everything for that movie and they, in that movie, they just, they were doing their own thing. And that's, that's part of the reason why it turned out the way it did is, is they, the filmmakers were making one movie and then when Disney stepped in, they, they kind of put a little bit of the kibosh on, on, uh, on how intense they were, they were doing things in terms of both the outfits and, uh, some of the makeup, you know, a lot of the dinosaur makeup was too intense and they had to dial it, dial it back or at least pick shots, uh, when they edited the movie of uh, that were toned down or didn't show the the dinosaur uh, makeup as much, which is such a shame because it was so so, so well crafted, you know, to make up these little individual you know little hero characters that would stand out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it's 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 interesting because the movie it has that you know more hardcore side, but it's it's also light hearted and, and funny at the same time, and it's just got the strange balance that I think really just confused. A lot of people when it came out, and it's it's taken so long for the right audience to to discover it. I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's taken its time too because when it came out, people the only Mario people knew was from uh, the video game, mm-hmm. and it was a very different sort of colorful uh, setting. And the movie tried for something different, and it swung for the fences. Yeah. Everyone tried really really hard I think in some elements it's less successful than others but it is called right. Super Mario Brothers and the the relationship between the Mario brothers Mario and Luigi is one of the the better themes in the film.
2: Right, it definitely is. And 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 that's that's something that they really try to focus on uh in like all of the drafts of the script and even in the movie they shot a lot of a lot of great things made it in but uh, a lot of things uh, got cut out that i think they did film that would have made that you know core connection between uh Mario and Luigi that much stronger
0: more stuff about their family history or
2: yeah and just uh throughout the movie they have this mm-hmm. whole um like family pride subplot where Luigi wants to leave the family business and Mario wants to uh Uh, keep a minute, and they just don't understand each other, and, uh, um, and, uh, we have, like, we have a whole section on the website about, um, about deleted scenes, and you can find a lot of the, uh, of what, of what, um, was planned or what was shot, um, and, uh, the main thing for uh between the mario and luigi was just like it would all come to a head at the at the main uh whenever they're uh gosh whenever they fight in the in the desert it's a little bit more intense there's even an extra um little scene uh in the uh in the prison that's extended where where luigi talks about them um, uh he, luigi's doubting his family pride and then mario uh And Luigi says, uh, to Mario, you told me to go after her. And then then Mario says, yeah, not for a date, not into another dimension. You know, (laughs) just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of extra little jabs like that. And then it all, and they fight throughout the whole movie, uh, from those standpoints. And then, uh, when Luigi jumps, takes the leap of faith and jumps and gets caught by the hook, um, and he, and Mario jumps too and falls and they catch each other. They have to, uh, they kind of save each other and they have this little spiel about, uh, understanding each other and um and they go on from there with this like renewed understanding of each other so i mean just little little things like that that would just make the overall story arc between mario and luigi a little bit
1: better
0: well great i want to thank you again ryan for coming on the video game sequel cast for uh, to talk a bit about the nintendo mario games and the mario brothers movie Uh, so be sure to check out um uh, the website at smbmovie.com for the latest on uh, what's happening for the 20th anniversary of Super Mario yeah. Bros. the movie. And um, you can check out the website for Video Game Sequel Cast at sequelcast.com to check out all our shows like Sequel Cast and Sequel Cast Special and Sequel Commentary. So uh, for the Video Game Sequel Cast, this is Matt saying... Uh, it's-a me, Mario! Oh, I don't know.
2: <laughs> Trust the fungus. <laughs> Trust the say. fungus. There you go. <laughs> Very good. All right.
0: The Video Game Sequel Cast is a Hipster Goblin production.